Let me introduce you to this episode's sponsor. It's 97th Floor, an award-winning Moz-recommended digital marketing agency located in Lehigh, Utah, and Orange County, California. They're known for driving bottom-line value results for clients like Pluralsight, Dell, and Salesforce. Visit 97thfloor.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. This is episode 24 in season 4. You know what that means, Brandon? Chaos. It means chaos. This is our final episode of Senal. Senal. Of season four. How you feel about that? <sighs> it's been a long time coming. Yep. Uh, I want to first thank 97 Floor for having a great season. They've sponsored this entire season. Hopefully we'll be able to get them signed up for another season. They've been good to us. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's talk through the episode, and then uh, and then we'll jump in. We've got a few current events that we want to get through that will likely take us the full hour. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, this is What's Hot. What's right? Hot. Yep. I need John here to do that, but he is in St. Louis this week, I believe. Yep. So he'll be here for episode 100. Yeah, one, that's right. This is this is our ninety ninth episode. Yeah, since we, we started next time. We started it uh we started recording in August of two thousand fifteen and then we went live with our first episode November of the same year. So this November or this August, uh we will hit three years of recording. Did you think we'd make it to a hundred episodes? I, you know what? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, that's pretty incredible. I never, thought, I never thought we would, but I also never thought we wouldn't. It's just kind of like, it's yeah, just it's kind of just happened. So this is episode 99. We'll open up season five with episode 100. And just to give you, uh, just to manage your expectations a little bit, we're going to be taking a little bit of a longer break between seasons so that we can get season five just right. That gets my expectations up. I'll, I was just saying, manage your expectations. All right. So, so raise them up, folks. Ra- raise it's going to get day. real good. That's right. So uh, we don't have a, an exact date of the start of season five, but we will likely be gone for a few weeks, making sure that uh, that season five is awesome and, and that our 100th episode comes out with a bang. <laughs> Cool. So, Brandon, let's start out with IHOB. IHOB. I forgot about that. I imagine there are uh, this. I mean, this episode will air a few days after we record, but IHOB is kind of winding down. But uh, it's been less than a week since it it hit. Why don't you explain to the folks who don't know what IHOB is? What's IHOB? Well, you may know IHOP. Yeah, I've heard of IHOP, yeah. International House of Pancakes. That's right. Well, um, I forget what Friday it was, but there was, uh, I think it was last Friday, as of this recording, where uh, they said they had a big announcement the coming Monday. And I think they even said, it, I think they already said it was going to be IHOP, but they didn't reveal what, what the, the B, B was. was for. So, and uh, the, uh, I think it was the CMO, like, confirmed that this is not a joke, like, we're actually changing the name. And we're going to say what the B stands for on Monday. The speculation from what I read over the weekend 
was that everybody thought the B was going to stand for breakfast or bacon. Yeah. Breakfast, I thought, was like realistic. Just, you know, you have, you have Domino's pizza, pizza, removing the pizza because now they're offering pastas and sandwiches. They're trying to expand. I assume with this, IHOP didn't want to be the pancake place. They want to be the breakfast place more than just pancakes, and which would have made sense if they did that. Monday I'm... came, and it was burgers. International House of Burgers. What are your thoughts? Um... Yum, 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 yum. So, I think that despite the fact that the C... Well, first, let's clarify, and maybe you can clarify this for me. I think I read that this was, like, temporary, they said, right? So, like, you're not going to drive around and start seeing IHOP signs taken down... And, and with a B on there. So there Am were some signs. There is some signage. Uh, there's at least one location in California that I know of where they actually changed the signs. And, and honestly, I think, uh, I mean, yes, yes, it's temporary. Uh, I don't, the question is, is it temporary because of the backlash that they got? Or is it temporary because this that was planned the whole time and this is just a marketing campaign to bring awareness to the fact that IHOP serves burgers. So my thoughts are, this is awesome, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that one, they uh, claimed to change their name and that it was real was awesome. Two, that they, that they took a real life location and changed the signage is also awesome because you really only need to change one, right? Because they had pictures of, uh, the guys in the work truck with that little bucket and they, you know, the bucket that you get in and they kind of lift themselves up and it shows them changing out the signs and, yep. and on the building it's changed. That's all you need to kind of validate the fact that this is real is yeah, look, we're changing the signage on this, on this building right here. Uh, but no, I, I do not think that it's real. I don't think that it's going to last forever. Uh, and I think that they're going to sell a lot of hamburgers. So you think uh, marketing aside, just from a business model aspect, you think the burger choice getting into that market is a good choice? You're asking me if I think it's a good idea for them to sell burgers? Yes. Sure. <clears throat> but they're a pancake place. So is Denny's, but they, they sell pancakes. <laughs> Who sell goes to Denny's too? for a burger? But I think a lot of people Denny's do. Denny's does like, like Del Taco sells a burger, but they don't like go rolling out commercials and... Uh, yeah, and guess like, what? They probably don't sell that many burgers. It's Del Burger, but that's the thing. That's the difference. Like, no, that's the thing, man. They is... Offer it for people who are maybe with their friends getting breakfast. They've already had breakfast. They're ready for lunch. They can get a burger. That makes sense. Yeah, guess what? Making if, a big stink. If Del about Taco it, had done something like this, they would be selling a lot more burgers. All right, so you'd say this is overall a successful move by IHOB. Yes, I would agree. I mean, <laughs> you're, I, like, you're like playing the devil's advocate until hey, that's until the rubber best. hits the road. <laughs> Makes for great conversation. I haven't been to IHOP in uh, a couple years. I feel like mainly because I generally when I eat breakfast foods, when it's not McDonald's breakfast or breakfast burritos from a Mexican joint, it is Cracker Barrel or sometimes Denny's. But Denny's is so depressing. Like you got to really just talk quiet in there it's a bunch of senior what are you talking about dude they rebranded man denny's yeah like 
Every time they, I go they in modernize there, just... their architecture, kind of like Wendy's. You know how all the Wendy's locations are getting all modern. Yeah. And so Denny's has started to do that yeah, too. Well, it's still a bunch of seniors sitting inside reading nah, the newspaper. Dude, I used to I used to take my kids to Denny's like once a week. There's a there's a location in Saratoga Springs that has that's modernized and it's like really nice and I think it it, it draws. I I feel like it's more of a family place than an old old timer place. So do you prefer this Denny's over IHOP? Yeah, I do actually. Will this make you more likely to go check? Like I, I've seen so much IHOP stuff. I'm kind of curious. You're gonna go get a burger just to go get a burger just to try. It's it. gonna be anticlimactic, man. Like even if it's good, you're gonna be like, wow, I was, I was, I was hoping this would like blow my mind. I mean, you changed your name to get me here. Well, uh, there's a lot of articles about how it tastes, I guess, but I have not yet read how it actually tastes. You haven't read how it tastes? No, but I don't trust anyone's opinion. It's like everyone just knows what tastes good and what doesn't to them. So yeah. But yeah. I, I would say it's successful. The best part for me, though, which we were talking about before the, the show, the tweets, the responses, all the burger joints trying to get in. I think Wendy's takes the cake. Wendy's the does. Best. Burger King did a pretty good job, too, because they actually came out with a new logo uh, after changing. I mean, you know, jokingly changing their name to Pancake King. See, it's the Burger Kings and the Wendy's like it's the burger joints and the pancake joints that had the best opportunity to join the Twitter fight. But there were other people like Netflix. Netflix came into the Twitter. Did you read Netflix tweet? Um, do you remember it? I I'm have trying, it right here. I'm trying it's, to pull up all the tweets. It's BRB changing my name to Netflib. Netflib. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just dumb, you know, Netflix. So like time hop, for example, they changed their, their Twitter handle to time hob. And then their tweet was, it's time for a refresh, hashtag IHOB. But then Burger King, you know, they had their Pancake King logo, which was kind of cool. And they said, uh, it's funny because someone uh, asked Burger King, hey, Burger King, do you have a grill at IHOB or that IHOB can borrow? And Burger King's tweet back was, sorry, old Burger King can't come to the phone right now, which <laughs> old Burger King kind of talking about how Pancake King is the new, the new thing. Pancake King. Have you... They have pancakes at Burger King, right? Uh, I don't know. They have Do French they? toast sticks that are delicious. Do they have pancakes? They might. McDonald's. Well, that would make it better because Pancake King... That's the thing. They they serve pancakes, but they're not touting it in their name. And then White Castle, they sell, they sell burgers. They sell the... What are those called? The little burgers? The sliders? We're excited to announce that we will be switching our name to Pancake Castle, <laughs> which I think is dumb. So Wendy's was actually in response. They they responded to another user, which is how some people did. The user said, "So Wendy's, you're gonna let IHOB sell burgers at uh, on your block? Thought you were the OG." And Wendy said, "Not really afraid of the burgers from a place that decided pancakes were too hard." I don't think that was their original tweet though, because I see that one embedded. Um, so you think their original one was? I just remember a- seeing their original. It was like on its own. That was like the joke. And great. Now I've got to look it up. Okay. Well, while you're looking it up, there are some companies who have no business. Netflix being one of them. Pop tarts is another one. Dear internet. Thanks to everyone asking me, but no, not every brand is having an identity crisis. So I'm going to stick to pop tarts. Moon pie. DiGiorno, right? They changed their, their, their thing from it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno to it's not burger. It's pizza. You probably already knew that. Like, that's stupid. 
Maybe you're right, man. I can't find this tweet. Yeah, man. I am right. Well, that's what usually happens. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, Twitter was uh, by far the best thing that came out of this this whole branding shenanigans. Not bad. No, no. I th- uh, it's awesome, man, because IHOP has been around for a long, long time, and it's one of those restaurants that's just kind of like, you know it's there. You'll go there every once in a while. If you want some pancakes, it's like the, the stars have to align in order for you to end up in IHOP. And this uh, this just took him straight to the limelight. And I, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, off to IHOP I go at some point in time. We'll see. Yep. Okay. What else, man? What's next? So another big interesting thing. Well, so I got two stories that kind of go into one. Uh, maybe I'll cover this first one. I keep seeing... and. I mean, I have one specific report here, but I, I just keep seeing it through reports, through polls uh, conducted that the overall theme is that people are leaving Facebook and going to other platforms. Uh, obviously, there was even more chit chat about that after the whole, you know, Mark Zuckerberg going before Congress um, to talk about Facebook and, and privacy stuff. So then you have a lot of people where it's like, oh, I'm done using Facebook and then they keep using like Chrome browser and they keep using Instagram, like not realizing that your data is being collected everywhere you go. It's not just Facebook. Um, those people are idiots. But then there's some uh, generally it's attributed to the, the younger generation where they're looking at Facebook and they're just getting bored and they're moving to Instagram. And I find myself like I still check both, but I probably I mean, I guess I have technically a somewhere stat dashboard on my phone that shows how many times you open up apps i would i would uh guess that i open up instagram three to four times more per day than i do um facebook Facebook. yeah my ratio would be even higher than that so you're on you're on instagram way more way more and what's your reasoning uh i like the format like i'm I, i like just checking out the new pictures the people that i follow and and that's it right mm-hmm. like you go to facebook and first of all the other thing with Instagram is that the ads are few and far between. Like you're not, you're not hitting ads like you do on Facebook. Uh, not, and I've actually always been an advocate of, uh, ads on Facebook because they're so targeted that, that it's fine, but it's, it's okay. Let me be, (laughs) let me be totally honest with you, Brandon. I like honesty. When I get on Facebook, it's designed in such a way, which, which is, I'm sure, the intent of Facebook, but I get sucked in, man. Like it, it is a time killer, a productivity killer. Facebook, Facebook. So when I get on Facebook and uh, I feel like I'm more productive on Facebook, but I also use what Facebook. Do you mean produ- what do you mean? Productive? Like I'm saying it distracts me from being productive. Say so I'm the opposite. That's what in like Instagram's like my outlet. Where it's like, what's going on in friends and family lives? Be entertained. What? Watch some sports highlights. It, uh, Facebook, for me, has almost become like, when, if you open up my feed, I would say 85% of it is groups that I'm a part of, uh, whether it's like click funnels, uh, marketing groups. So when I get on Facebook, I'm mainly looking at discussions and questions that are going on. And that's, that's the only reason I really like Facebook. Uh, you don't really get that community discussion type stuff going on. But I'm also a member of like a lot of groups, and I interact with the groups. So that's that's what really comes onto my feed. Whereas I get my news and like just 
what's going on in the lives of people I associate with that's on Instagram. So, so I, I leave Facebook usually with questions uh, more productive, like, Oh, that's an interesting conversation or, Oh, I didn't, I didn't See, think not, about that. Tool. Not me, man. But that, that could just be me. I, I get into those video streams and I'm just like video. It's like, it's the same. It's the same thing it's as fail YouTube, army. man. I follow fail <laughs> army and it always starts with that one video. And then you just start, I have noticed that. And I don't fall into that video pattern. Oh, that's all on I do. Instagram. No, I don't either. And that's the thing. I don't follow that many people on Instagram. So when I get on there and I get on probably five times a day, there are only a few pictures, like one or two pictures between each time I do. And I like them and then I'm off. So I, I'm on Instagram for 30 seconds and then I'm, and then I'm off because there's nothing else to look at. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. I get on Facebook. You don't and use it's just the Explorer like tab much? No, almost never. I don't use it a ton, but a lot of people do apparently. Yeah, the, almost the Explore never. tab, you can watch a video and then it kind of has the same thing where now you just keep scrolling to the next suggested piece of content. But yeah, like I, I'm surprised. I guess I'm not angry either. Instagram doesn't do that where I follow an account, I watch a video, and then it's like, oh, you like Jacob's video? You might like this video from John Hammond and then this video from your wife. And then just like keep scrolling. Because yeah, Facebook does a dang good job with the video suggestions yeah they do like you watch one like they just know the the best video that you could watch next like it's not like unrelated stuff it's like how do they do it it's, <laughs> it's just like you, yeah, you watch one car crash and suddenly you're just watching car crashes <laughs> for like two hours and it's like man i gotta go that's what i'm talking about take a walk or something <laughs> so speaking of people leaving facebook it's not just users it's also employees so uh there are articles that were published just today There's one on uh, New York Magazine, on Washington Post, talking about how Facebook's influential head of policy is leaving amid the wave of, um, you know, all this controversy. That's interesting. People are leaving all over the place. So this study that, so this is from CNN, um, and, well, CNN's covering it. It's a study from the Pew Research Center, and it has confirmed what we have long expected. Facebook is no longer the most popular social media sites among teens ages 13 to 17. There's a tw- uh, so it's a pretty small window. It's a small window. So what are they on? Well, so 51% of these 13 to 17 year olds are on Facebook, which is a 20% drop since 2015. Uh, what would you say the number one platform for 13 to 17 year olds is? Is it one of the big ones? It's a big platform. Yes. We all know it. Snapchat. Snapchat came in at number three. Okay. Wow. With a uh, 16. Wait, wait, let me say, uh, is it uh, Marco Polo? Marco Polo did not make it. Yeah. And they're still pretty small. Is it, uh, it's not Instagram. Instagram's number two. So I thought Instagram would be number one. Hang Seems on. like so, everyone so, uses so Instagram. Facebook's not number one. No, Facebook's not. Facebook's so, not even the top three <coughs> among okay, okay. 13 to so 17. Instagram years. is number two. Instagram Snapchat is number, is number three. Snapchat's number three. And then the number one spot, 13 to 17. This is the most popular platform among teens, 13 to 17. What the heck, man? It's not Twitter. It's not Facebook. It's not Instagram. It's not Snapchat. Twitter is number. What about WhatsApp? No. Nope. It's not WhatsApp. That's bigger, man. Like, you're going to slap yourself. Maybe you don't consider this a social platform. What is it? YouTube? YouTube. Oh, that's not a social platform. But it's, it's usually classified as social. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. But yeah, YouTube is the most popular. 85% of this group say they use it. 72% use Instagram. 69% use Snapchat. Meanwhile, Twitter followed at 32%. And somehow Tumblr is on there at 14%. Have you ever used Tumblr? 
Uh, I've never. Other than like stumbling upon a Tumblr page? Never. Yeah, I've never got into it. And when I do, I'm like, dude, this is like a really crappy website. (laughs) It just felt like someone's decided, like, let's remake MySpace. No, it's it's worse than that. What do you mean? Like, it's like. (laughs) It is bad. I don't even know what Tumblr is. It's a blogging slash social platform. I thought it was just like images. Like you share images on it. That's Imager. You're thinking of like where you click on a Reddit picture. Yeah, I don't know. Tumblr is owned by Yahoo, I believe. And by it's the way, kind of like a hybrid of blog and social. If you open a new tab in your in your browser, do it right now. I'm in Opera. Will that make a difference? I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm in Chrome. Does it, it do auto suggest still? Like, like will it auto complete if you start typing something? Like how do yeah it does? Okay, it's just tied to Google search. Okay, so type in people leaving and tell and tell me what how that finishes out people leaving california really people leaving facebook okay so i got people leaving facebook first so i mean that tells you it's probably because uh they're talking about california splitting up into three states i haven't heard that yeah they're voting on it uh pretty soon californians Californians are voting. It's really weird how they're divided. Though. On dividing California into three states. It'll be Northern California, Southern California, and then California. And California, I think, will be like the L.A., Orange County area. Dude, Orange County is like Southern California. That's like. Yeah, the way they divide it, like you have to go through Southern California to get to Northern or to get to Southern California to California. Oh, you have to go I've through Southern heard, California. I've always heard the two states. I've never heard the three, but I was just watching it on. Hang on. Like, how far is this? Is this like something that could actually happen, or is this just one of those stupid things? Um, it seemed like there was like a... I mean, I don't think it's actually going to happen, but like people are voting on it. Is that even a state thing? What do you mean? Like, that? I don't know. That sounds like a federal thing where like the whole country, the country would, has w- to would be like, whoa, we want to say on whether or not So it's on a it's on a ballot. Um, yeah, it's so in the November vote, there is a proposal to split California into three states and people will be able to vote on it in November. Okay. So what does it take? This isn't a political show. Maybe we shouldn't talk about this right now, (laughs) but that's, this isn't the first time this has happened, right? Uh, no. I mean, I've heard about it. I've never actually seen it being taken to a vote. Like what are the implications there? Like you have three governors and like they're just they're just treated like three states. Um, yeah, I guess. I think it's three states. Yeah, three states. Okay. Well, there. And you it go. would like yeah, it'd pretty pretty even. That each state would be uh, around between six point two million and seven million residents in all three states, whereas right now it's nineteen million. It's way more than nineteen million. It's like 37 million at CNN. I can't trust them. <laughs> so Tumblr is a microblogging and social networking website founded by David Karp in 2007. Old school. I would have guessed it being older than that. How do they make the money? Who cares? Okay. So, so that was one thing, which I mean, I was just at a conference. I mean, a local workshop, I guess you could say, well, that was one of the questions that someone asked to a person presenting and doing a Q&A was, oh, uh, you know, what are you going to do about Facebook now that everyone's leaving it? 
it's still like yeah you talk about a small group of teenagers that are there's still space. billions of there's people. still a lot of people on facebook you can make a lot of money on facebook uh so yeah obviously don't put all your eggs in one basket like all in facebook but you should definitely still be very active on facebook especially with their advertising platform it's still i think the best in the game in terms of targeting and all that stuff how much longer is facebook going to be around I don't know. I think Facebook's just going to keep evolving. And it's like just they're big keep enough now, the, like the is, up and coming. Yeah, they, and that's the thing. Like they had the money where, like, and I, it's funny how many like people who are not in tech, not in marketing. A lot of people don't realize that Instagram is owned by Facebook. And so you, you see, like, I, I'll talk to people. It's like ah, I'm leaving Facebook. Uh, Instagram, leaving Instagram too, there, buddy. Instagram's so much better. Like I'm surprised they haven't put Facebook out of business yet. It's like, well, they're actually owned by Facebook. Uh, so you're not really leaving the Facebook uh, community there, right. but but yeah, it, it's obviously you want to you always want to be alert. Uh, one, have you ever downloaded um, Musically before? No, you've heard of it. Yeah, I it's mean, it's basically like my you just memory. like lip sync stuff, and it's like and Gary Vaynerchuk's always talking about Musically. It's gonna blow up. You got to get on Musically. He doesn't talk about it as much now, but he still will mention. I was just listening to a podcast from like last week. He's like, you need to get on Musical.ly. Like, that's the next big platform. And I, I download. I'm just like, this is the most cringe-worthy content. Like, if you just want to cringe for a few minutes, download Musical.ly and just open it up. So, what is it? People just uh, like it, it's just like a social feed, kind of like Vine, but uh, all of the content is centered around lip-syncing to either like dialogue from mu- movies uh, or. Uh, pieces of songs so it's like dub smash and it's like oh they did such a good job like they were so creative how they lip sync that and, and, and obviously they're doing stuff while they're doing it and whoever does the best job obviously grows bigger audiences so they're okay so it's kind of weird like it's like vine but not as like the the creativity is about how can you just like lip sync this so gary v he's mentioning it because he probably is investing <laughs> in it who knows i mean i could see how like these people have big audiences but um, he makes it sound like everyone, like, I don't know. I guess it depends. If you're going after maybe 12-year-olds and stuff like that, then sure. But it's so hard to monetize, especially when you can't, I guess, like, Pepsi could pay you to have a Pepsi shirt on while you're dancing up a stairs while you're singing a song, stuff like that. I don't know. You, but, could, you could sing one of uh, some company's uh, jingle. But that's the thing. Like, you're using preset <clears throat> stuff from... Like, you just, like, I want to do a video. What song do you want to do? I want to do this song. And then you can, like, even record it. Like, it'll play the music slowly so you can, like, get, like, the perfect lip sync and then speed it up with the music and stuff like that. There's a lot of – it's interesting. Have it's worth it? downloading it. I've never actually posted, no. Come on, do it. That would be – I'd look like an idiot. No, just do it, man. <laughs> no, do thanks. it before next week. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I might make that my challenge of the week. But yeah, it's interesting to download. But because I, I, I just kept hearing, like, I got to download this to see what it's all about. It's definitely cringeworthy stuff. But point being, always experiment with different platforms. But with Facebook, a lot of people leaving using Instagram, and every poll I see, every like, uh, I just saw Facebook polls, um, polls that I have ran, other companies, everybody uses Instagram. It feels like so much more. Like they're, 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 everyone's on both. A lot of most people are on both, but the activity on Instagram is so much higher right now. And that goes into our next piece of news here, which I think is pretty interesting. Uh, let me pull up the article here. TechCrunch 
Title is Instagram Plans June 20th Launch, which is not long from now. Uh, event for Long Form Video Hub. So, um, are you on Snapchat still? No. I remember you used to, I guess you'd mainly just use it for the filters, right? But yeah, but you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, now it's all... Instagram just keeps snatching up Snapchat's uh, features. So, this is... they they. The, the article keeps calling it a Snapchat Discover style video hub. I'm not as familiar with Snapchat Discover, but uh, essentially on this June 20th launch date, uh, Instagram is going to be announcing a long form way to try to steal sessions away from YouTube, obviously, which is a huge database of long form content. Um, the format will let people. So this is kind of interesting. And this is, I think, the big difference between YouTube is uh, Instagram will let creators upload 4K full-screen vertically-oriented videos ranging much longer than the 60-second limit on videos. I even read somewhere that uh, they can be up to an hour. I mean, obviously, this is unofficial, but... um, Well, YouTube lets you go way beyond that. YouTube does, yeah. You can stream for 24-plus hours and stuff like that. But it's interesting because it is nice. Sometimes, like I, like we're we're living in a culture where I remember we used to, I always make fun of people who, like take pictures in portrait mode and they film in portraits. Like, come on, man! Like landscape. Yeah. And now we're just like, because mobile is just becoming bigger and bigger and bigger, it's almost making sense now to just start filming in portrait because that's just how people are using social media. Um, and so it's interesting to watch. Like, we don't really have long form content in portrait mode. You have to kind of turn it sideways, which isn't the big deal. I mean, depending on what I wouldn't want to watch a movie or maybe I would. I don't know. There's, there are movies that are filmed in vertical format that are long form. Uh, but some of the other stuff that destination, they'll be able to still have links on there. So you can swing, uh, swipe up to go to, you know, products that you're promoting your personal website, whatnot. Um, and um, monetization. This is the other interesting Instagram. This is according to TechCrunch. Instagram plans to let creators earn money off their long videos, though it hasn't finalized how yet. That will change the game because that's what Facebook lacks with getting like an original content hub like YouTube has. Is where's the incentive other to than publish me? there? Yeah, I have to go and find my own sponsors, which obviously is the way to get like big and, and actually make some serious money on youtube is to get brand deals and whatnot but it is nice being able to start out and just get some ad revenue so is tech audit tv gonna move to instagram oh boy i've noticed uh no plans right now like i I do want to be more active on it and i have noticed other creators uh mr mobile is one that i think does an incredible job he's 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 getting really big on youtube he's not you know huge most people don't know who he is um, but he also like creates a lot of most YouTubers, their hub is YouTube. And then everything is just like promoting like unbox therapy is huge. He's got, you know, eight plus million, I think subscribers on YouTube and every Instagram post is just like a thumbnail of the video. And it's like, go check out my new video. And that's all it is. There's no like original con- Like You wouldn't sit on his page for hours and watch stuff. Mr. Mobile is kind of changing the game with how tech creators, like he's really spreading uh, his eggs in, in different baskets to where you can you can actually get like a quick you know, he does like carousel videos so he'll get like five videos and it's like this is the new Samsung phone there's video and you swipe here's the pros and you watch the pros swipe here's the cons 
here's what I think of the design. Like you actually get like good bite-sized content that's designed specifically for Instagram. And then he'll still pitch like if you want the full eight-minute review on on YouTube, go check that out. But that that's the way you should be using uh, these different social. You can still have your hub on one social network like YouTube, but that's the real way. Yeah, you just drive you drive traffic from everywhere else. Yeah, and, and you drive traffic by providing a little bit of like a taste at least, like enough that they could learn something and not need to necessarily go to that. That's what most people are scared of, and we talked about that with news. It's just like a picture, and it's like breaking story here. Go to this website to read the full story. Yeah. Eh, never mind. Move on. When uh, was the last time you published a video? Published on YouTube? Yeah. Uh, I think it was a month ago. What the heck, man? What happened to your weekly <laughs> so, Sunday show? Um. Well, the Sunday show I paused a while back. But the problem is, is I'm moving. I was supposed to, I'm already supposed to be in my new house. Closing has been pushed. I'm moving in now. Not this week, but... No, not even next week, but the week after. And I took down all my studios, my, my, my studio lights, my cameras, because I thought I was going to be like, all right, we'll just stop filming for a couple weeks. Go ahead and uh, box this all up, and then I'll be back recording. Now it's all boxed up, so is and there, now it's just a pain. Is there going to be a period of time where you don't have a house? No, I, we're, we're moving straight from our house to this new house. So your delay also means that the people who bought your house are delayed in moving in. Yes, they are also delayed. It's like a chain reaction. I don't know how far the delay goes, <laughs> but at some point, someone's getting screwed. So was was your delay caused by the people whose house you bought not no, being able to move out? The delay is caused by our buyer who got a bunch of paperwork stuff screwed up, which pushed closing. So now we can't purchase this house until obviously we sell our house. Because you don't have a down payment until... Yeah, like there's the all these conditions, and then they the, the the house we're buying, they can't buy their house that they're wanting to buy until so, they so, sell their so house. So it's all your buyer. Uh, yeah, it's all stemming from our buyer, which I hope it doesn't make us look bad too. The people that we're buying from, and then the it people does. that they're buying from, it does. But they are in contact with their realtor, who's been explaining a lot. But good. Well, I'm sorry that. But that's happened. what's causing the delay, obviously. But it has given me time to reflect and think about like Instagram and whatnot. Did you put out a video explaining that there was going to no, be a delay? No, my last video was about the new Gmail. So it's been a bit. It has been a bit. But uh, I, I do want to get back in the game. I would love to see Tech Audit TV on Instagram. It is on Instagram technically, but. Technically, yeah. it's not. What do you mean technically it's not? I don't know. Technically it is, but it's not great. Aren't you just it's like, using it's your like personal? Behind, you're, you're using your personal account. I was. That's another subject that we could discuss in the show. And I've even seen some conversations on some marketing groups I follow where there hasn't really been like a solid answer that I've liked. And it's that question of, hey, I'm this guy, but I also do this project. I also do this. I also do this. Do I create a social presence for every single project or venture or company that I'm doing? Um, or do I try to like, like a, a very, a Gary Vaynerchuk, he's kind of just like you follow Gary and then all of his ventures, you kind of find out through that. Uh, or do you just like set up all these separate ones? Obviously the long term, you say both, right? You have the personality, but you also have the company ones. But when you're small and you don't have a lot of time, is it easier to suck all of your, or push all your resources into growing one account and they, and they fall in love with you, the person, and then you can just keep pushing different services throughout your content or 
do you keep things separate? And I keep going back and forth. So I'm, I'm like growing both accounts still. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a topic. Cause you pushed everyone from tech audit TV to your personal account saying, Hey, I'm just going to consolidate everything into this one. And then you never talked about tech techy stuff again. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And yeah, that's where, which I, I won't complain about you. You're posting some really cute <laughs> pictures of your two well, yeah, that, And That's what makes me like go back to tech audit TV. Cause it's like, people don't care. Like if you know me, maybe you want to see this stuff, but if you're some like, you know, 14 year old guy in India and you're like following me for my tech stuff, you're not going to care to see a video of like my daughter walking for the first time. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, I think people are drawn to personal lives more than the person thinks. Uh, just be like, like MKBHD, who's a super popular tech reviewer. Like I would love to see like his actual personal life, like almost like vlog style stuff. Sure. Um, but they don't really put that out there. And I think that would be interesting, um, even though I, I follow him for the tech, but you, you still kind of fall in love is the wrong word, but you, you become emotionally invested in this person yeah. and who they are. And so then you're curious to kind of see like what's behind the scenes. And so that's how I've been treating my Instagram is just behind the scenes type stuff. So it's like, go to YouTube. Those are the official videos where I'm tackling a subject or uh, some sort of topic. And then if you want to see the behind the scenes stuff, me dinking around with a boosted board, uh, me getting ready to shoot something. That's where I, I, that's, that's the way I'm kind of utilizing it, but I don't think that's a long-term strategy. I think you need to be producing good original content. That's valuable for all of your platforms. It's just a matter of making that jump and actually investing the time. How many subs you got now? 30, around 30, 30 subscribers. That's really good, man. 30. You're well on your way to 40. Let's find out here. 30,985. I've slowed down a lot. Yeah. Big time. Because you stopped publishing. Yep. The Testament, man. You publish consistency. The content doesn't have to be that great. <laughs> and people will follow. But it's just, yeah. And that's, that's what gets me excited about YouTube. Is even though it's been, it's been around as long as it has been, it's still an open sea of opportunity because Instagram is not that hard to grow a big audience, especially with so many like automation tools and whatnot. YouTube, you just got to put in the work. And if you're willing to put in your work, you start an account today in 2018, you could still be a million uh, plus subscribed channel making a full-time income by Christmas. If you're putting in the work, making good content that people care about. Okay. So why don't you do that? Because I just haven't, like, I got too much stuff going on. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. So what's next? Um, for the show. Sorry. I'm thinking, thinking tech. What's next? TV what's next in life for you, Brandon? What's, well, one second we're talking about my house. Now we're talking about the demise of Tech Audit TV. Yeah, I promise. Season five will be better. <laughs> this is a good way to end. The season. Uh, the last thing I had was, uh, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but I thought it was interesting. So Rand Fishkin obviously left Moz. We talked about that. Started yep. Spark Toro, which the main product. You're, you're not optimistic about it. Yeah. The main product hasn't launched. I am optimistic about that. It sounds like almost like an advanced follower wonk. At least that's what I'm hoping. Like some sort of awesome tool that will really help you identify and work with influencers, influencers. Uh, which there's really nothing that's great for that. Um, but in the meantime, they have been hard at work apparently on a, a, a 
I don't know what you call it, a tool, a resource called Trending. So it's SparkToro slash Trending. And it's basically inbound. Um, you log in with your Twitter. You share, you share stories. He kind of talked about how it would be better and different, uh, harder to game. But when I look at it, I still don't doesn't really interest so yeah the idea here is it's tied to your twitter account so if you share a link on your twitter that counts as a vote so how does that stop people who have multiple twitter accounts from sharing on all their twitter accounts like that's i mean it's easier to do a upvote versus spamming twitter because right now the number one article which is Kyle Cheney on Twitter. Uh, Instagram found that on numerous occasions, Comey used a personal whatever. Uh, that's the number one thing trending on Spark Toro trending. But it has, I don't know, 30 tweets? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, like, not a lot of volume. Not a lot of people actually participating on this. Well, and I wonder, are those 30 tweets from people who have associated their Twitter with Spark Toro trending? And even though they never went to SparkToro because they retweeted it, it counted that as a vote. That would be interesting because now you're actually creating like a live updating thing. Yeah, no, I think that's how it works. If that's how it is, that's interesting. But but if you go down to the number three thing, it actually has more votes. Where are we here? Where are we here? There we are. So the number one thing, web light, faster and lighter mobile pages from search. That has three more votes than the number one thing. And then the number two thing has even fewer. Like there's, there's only like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine votes. I will say this is better than inbound. At least now inbound.org was great when it first launched. Uh, and this, the thing I hated about inbound is it just became a hub of everybody self-promoting like case studies, how we generated 300,000 leads in one month. Like you felt like you were just reading like Facebook ad headlines and it was going to someone's mediocre post talking about advice on how they did this. And it's really just a sales pitch for their services or whatnot. Well, that's how I feel like that's how it's always going to be. But I like news stuff. Like I like the news headlines totally versus like, I wish there was a separation, like even like a toggle. Like, do you want to like, do you want to like actually get inspiration ideas on case studies or do you want to like find out what the news is? Cause it's nice even for this show. If I had like a page I could go to and it's like, these are the topics, the, the breaking news, the Instagram's rolling out an hour long video. Uh, Twitter's doing this. Isn't that what search marketing land is doing? Yeah. But the stories just aren't that great. So maybe there's just a lack of interesting news happening well, that's in the, the industry. It's like, how do you create a platform for marketers in a world where marketers are the best trained to find the loopholes to 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 <laughs> manipulate this system. So SparkToro trending has a set of rules. When marketers when this gets big enough to where marketers actually want to be at the top, it would not be hard for an agency to say, "Hey, hey everybody, everyone get on your Twitter and share this uh this link." Boom. It's number 1. Well, that's what Zest we talked about that before. Yeah. That's what they're looking to solve is you can suggest stuff, but it's hand picked. 
which I think that's the ultimate. You have to do it that way if you want it to succeed. It's got to be but then, but then, but then it's how do you scale that? I mean, I mean, if you if you if you scale it to where you have Fox News is handpicked, even ten thousand. Know, okay, and they're huge. Like you can scale if it, if it turns into a place where every marketer is going to your place and you are actual. But you could say no, that's no, no, what no, search that, marketing land is. So when you say when you say handpicked, are you saying you can submit and they? pick from what's submitted or they have kind of reporters that go out and and handpick things and publish it like can um, you submit news yeah you can submit news is that the pl- is that how it's built the platform yep that's what Suge- i'm saying suggest is, a link if you have if you have ten thousand a hundred thousand a million users on zest and all of them are active and submitting links how do you have a big enough force uh to kind of narrow it down <laughs> have you heard of drudge report yeah.com i mean that's a team of a handful of people and that gets millions and millions of hits it has every hits. day are people submitting the news there they have i mean they're they're go they're co- they have an area where you can suggest a link but you got to think about how many feeds they're they're subscribed to and like how much news they're they're having to comb through like that's a lot of work but if you have a team of even seven people who are doing that full time uh it's not too bad I'm just, I'm just saying that it's not necessary. First of all, even if you have seven people, you're relying on seven people to give you the, the most important things that you care about. How many important things would, would get passed up when, when seven people are in charge of finding the, the top stuff? If it's their full-time job, I think they could get pretty good gist. All right. Man, how many views? So look at this. Drudge. In the last 24 hours, 31.2 million hits hits to the website. Imagine if you had a, obviously this is politics, so it's a huge audience and just general news. Marketing is going to be much slower or lower. But even if you had a website that had a million hits a day and you were just handpicking interesting stories and, and you became the go-to place, think of the money you could make from all of the software companies and whatnot who want to have their ad big fat ad at the top of the page. Do you have an ad at the top of drudge? Yeah. They use, they run theirs through, it looks like they just use Google AdSense. Yeah. They have some spots I think that are custom, but you got to think of how many people are like bidding specifically to have their ad at the top of that. It's like they're making, you know, the only reason the drudge report is so big is because they were the first to market. This website is the worst. Drudge Report blew up because uh, he broke the Monica Lewinsky scandal. That's, that Which was happened the, in the 90s. That was the big break. And yeah, the format stayed the same. That's also like what people love about it. Like and that, It's the same type of thing of Reddit. There have been a million things where people have tried knocking off Drudge Report. Much better layouts. Much more intuitive. Um, but yeah, there's definitely that element of first to market. But what if you took that model and applied it to a niche that has not really been done like marketing news. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Anyway, anyway, that was a spark Toro trending, interesting approach. Um, I am looking forward to Rand's actual tool. And one day we'll get Rand on the show. Maybe, maybe for our hundredth episode for the exclusive sneak peek of spark Toro's flagship tool yeah it's supposed to come out this fall or something i think revealed right here on below the fold yeehaw baby well that's all the time we have 
If you've enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave a review on iTunes or any other podcasting platform that you listen to. Google Play. Google Play works. That's where I listen. Yeehaw, baby. <laughs> Uh, you can get in touch. Many people have. You can email us at inbound at belowthefold.io. Or you can hit up hit us up on Twitter. Our handle is belowthefold.io. This is episode 99. This is Brandon and Jacob signing off. Peace. It's a lame sign out, but we'll take it. I'll save my good one for episode 100. What, your peace? Yeah. Peace.